What's up, everybody? You're listening to the 10 After 7 podcast on YouTube with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. It's Friday, November 13th, and we're here to shout out number 44 because it's episode 44 today. And this was the easiest one that I had to think of. Because in basketball, number 44, you've got Jerry West, the logo, the only guy to ever win a finals MVP on a losing team. And you could try to come up with a better nickname than the logo, Good luck. It ain't happening. And then in baseball, number 44, easy. No one could come to me and tell me that Barry Bonds the home run king because there's only one OG, and that's Hammer and Hank Aaron. He's the true home run king who did it the right way, and we must put some respect on his name. Fuck Barry Bonds one more time. You're not the home run king. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about the Week 10 slate of NFL games that we have on tap this weekend. Lots of good spreads across the board. Lots that I think I'm going to absolutely nail today on this podcast. We could talk about college football, but it seems college football is falling apart right in front of our eyes. Tons of games canceled because of COVID-19. I think Notre Dame and Boston College is good to go. USC versus U of A is good to go. And then Michigan and Wisconsin, who's been done for three weeks, is good to go. So those are three games to look forward to. But the NFL, we got some good ones. And I want to start with one game that on this podcast, we debated it during the NFL draft. You could go back and look. The big debate started with Tua Tungavailoa versus Justin Herbert. I think everyone at the top of their drafts, draft boards had Joe Burrow. Hands down, no doubt about it. That guy's the number one pick. He's probably going to be a great NFL quarterback. But if you're the Miami Dolphins sitting at number five, do you go Justin Herbert, the tall, handsome quarterback out of Oregon? Or do you go the decorated quarterback, Tua Bungaloa, who's coming off of injuries? A couple of different injuries. The Dolphins chose to go Tua Tungavailoa, which just so then had Justin Herbert fall into the laps of the Los Angeles Chargers. And Herbert has looked great. He's won Rookie of the Week a couple of different weeks. He's competed against other great quarterbacks and goes toe-to-toe with them. The Chargers just haven't found a way to win football games. But what's new? But the debate is going to come up again this weekend when these two guys go head-to-head. Tua looked great in his second career start last week. He's 2-0 right now. But I don't think this debate's going to end this week. And people are going to try to jump out. Max Kellerman already did. My buddy Eric Morales, who's a Charger fan, sent me a clip of Kellerman saying Herbert's the guy. They're already comparing with a sample size of seven games to two. Let's relax. I read an article by Mike Lombardi in The Athletic this morning, and he basically said the same thing. It's too small of a sample size. You're not going to find out who's going to be the better quarterback down the road this week, but we could take these games and we could say, hey, they both look great. Herbert has exceeded expectations. And Tua, after taking over the job from Ryan Fitzpatrick, He's looked good as well. That's why the Miami Dolphins are right in the thick of things. But the loser in it all, Mike Lombardi said, you go back, is the Washington football team. Look at their quarterback situation. They gave up on Dwayne Haskins immediately. I want to know what really is going on behind the scenes in Washington. Was it Ron Rivera who came in and said, this isn't my guy? I brought in Kyle Allen from Carolina because I'm familiar with him and I think he was the guy for the job. 
Now he's hurt, and Alex Smith is going forward as the starting quarterback. And where the hell is Dwayne Haskins? I actually feel bad for Haskins. I don't know what's going on behind, behind the scenes. Is he not working hard enough? I know he didn't look great in some games. I don't think he looked terrible. But sample sizes, I don't think you have a big enough one to just count Dwayne Haskins out. And you're in the NFC East? Believe it or not, the Washington football team has a legit chance to still make a run in the playoffs playing in that division. So if we're going to take anything from the Tua Tungabailoa versus Justin Herbert debate, it's the Washington football team for not taking either of those guys while already giving up on Dwayne Haskins. But I think it's going to be a fantastic football game in Miami this weekend. You got the Chargers, who are 3-15 and in one possession games over the last two years. And Miami this year, 6-2 and against the spread. They're favored by 2.5 points at home. Thank you very much. Give me the Dolphins in this one, minus 2.5. And go back and look at those podcasts, listen to them, do whatever you want with them. I was a Tua guy over Herbert, but I can admit now that Herbert looks fantastic. He looks more athletic than he ever had been. And in that Lombardi article, it said Oregon offense probably held him back. They only wanted work and they only wanted him to work with half of the football field. The Chargers have opened it up a bit, and that's a coaching staff that's probably going to be gone at the end of this year. So he might be better next year if you bring in a Joe Brady or Eric Bieniemy. But that's a great game, but let's not jump ahead of ourselves at the end of that one and deeming one or the other the better quarterback of this draft. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, a one-win football team, going into Green Bay to play the Packers. Packers are favored by 13 points, and please and thank you, give me those 13 points. The Packers are going to annihilate the Jaguars in that one. And then a big divisional game. The Eagles traveling to New York to play the Giants. I already trashed the NFC East. I'm going to continue to trash the NFC East. The Eagles are coming off a bye week. They're healthier than they have been in years with their rookie receiver coming back. Travis Fulgram looks like the number one receiver on that team. Miles Sanders is there. Dallas Goddard's back. And Jalen uh, Rager is their rookie receiver who's back. So give me the Eagles. Plus or minus three and a half on the road against the Giants. Give me the road favorite. Thank you. And then the Cleveland Browns coming off a bye week. I love teams coming off a bye. It's right around that time, week 10, when you should know what kind of football team you are. And if you're coming off of a bye playing a team that played the previous week, you should find a way to win. So the Browns are at home. Texans are coming into town. Browns favored by three and a half. Give me the Browns. And if you want to talk about the Texans, they're 1-7 against the spread. So Browns minus 3.5 at home against the Texans. Nail it in. And here's another game I'm fired up for. If I'm going to watch any games over on Sundays, it's going to be because of quarterback play. And you have the Bills going into Arizona to play the Cardinals. Kyler Murray versus Josh Allen. I've got a football boner all the way for that one. That's going to be a hell of a matchup. We know Josh Allen's back on everyone's radar. And by the way, shout out to the Buffalo fans. We remember when Andy Dalton for the Bengals won a football game to then put Buffalo in the playoffs for the first time in I don't know how many years, and they donated money to Andy Dalton's charity just to thank him for that. Well, this past weekend when Josh Allen's grandmother passed away, the Buffalo Bills fans were donating to the charity that Josh Allen runs at their children's hospital, and they raised thousands of dollars. 
Give me a better fan base than the Buffalo Bills, the Bills Mafia. Shout out to them. I'm fired up for this game. The Cardinals are favored by one and a half at home, but I'm riding the Bills in this one. Please. Please give me the Bills. I don't care if they might be coming too high off of a win against the Seattle Seahawks. I know how bad that defense is. But Josh Allen, America's quarterback, give me the points in Arizona on the road. Bills plus one and a half. And we move on. Let's move on to the Bucks going to the Carolina Panthers. Panthers, a home dog, getting five and a half points. Obviously, Tom Brady bum-rushed by the New Orleans Saints last week in a 38-3 shellacking. I don't, know if Tom, I don't know if it's a good thing to bet against Tom Brady coming off of a loss like that. But you know damn well, being a Tom Brady number one hater, I'm taking the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater, who's looked fantastic. Give me the plus five and plus five and a half for Carolina. And here's a sneaky one. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Who knows what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers right now outside of them being 8-0. They've got a couple of dudes on the COVID list. Right now, they're acting as if Big Ben's going to play in this game, but he is on that COVID reserve list because COVID reserve list because he came in contact with Vance McDonald, who contracted the virus. And the Steelers are favored by just a touchdown in this game. Bengals are also coming off of a bye. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are 6-2 and two against the spread. The Steelers, more than anyone over the last decade or so, plays down to their opponents. Right now, who knows who's practicing? Who knows if they're even practicing outside of Zoom meetings? So please, I don't care if it's in Pittsburgh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to cover that touchdown spread. Give me the Bengals plus seven on the road in Pittsburgh. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals win this game and deliver that first loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then you have the Seahawks traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. If the Rams win this game, we have a potential three-way tie at the top of the NFC West. Rams, another team this week coming off of a bye. And they saw what happened to the Seahawks defense last week with Josh Allen. Sean McVay was probably drawing up stuff in his office all week. He's 3-1 against the Seahawks in his last four games against them. The Rams have put up 31.5 points per game in those four matchups. The matchup in this game, as good as Russell Wilson is, and as much fun as he is to watch, Jared Goff is hit or miss when it comes to watching him play football. But if we're going to watch any matchup this weekend that doesn't involve quarterbacks, please give me a camera alone. Just a camera by itself watching the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and DK Metcalf. One of the best corners in the game taking on the best receiver in the game, an absolute monster. These guys are both physical players. It's going to be a battle and a war on the outside when these two guys face each other. And I think the NFL, Fox, I think it's on. They should give us a separate camera to have these guys. And if we really want to make it interesting, the NFL should ask these guys, please, can you guys mic up? We don't care. We'll show it on Showtime on Inside the NFL this week. Cussing involved, whatever. We know Jalen Ramsey is the biggest shit talker in the game. I don't know how much talking DK does, but I need that mic'd up. I need a separate camera on the dudes, and I need them mic'd up. 
But the Rams are favored by one and a half in this game at home against the Seahawks. Yes and thank you. I'm going to take that because of the history with the Rams in the last four games against the Seahawks. I don't know if you're keeping track. You should be writing these games down because I've never felt better about picking games than week 10. The Ravens going into New England to take on the Patriots. I'm putting my hands up in this one and saying I have no effing clue which team I'm picking here. The Pats are a six and a six and a half point dog at home against the Ravens, who this week, Lamar Jackson came out and said the defense knows what plays we're running. And then Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, has to come out and say, no, that's not really true. Who are we gonna who are we gonna believe on this one? The quarterback that's out there running his plays or the offensive coordinator that's calling the plays and getting fired tomorrow because Lamar Jackson's the face of that franchise. They were the best offense in football last year, and now they're below, I think they're 25th in offensive efficiency this season. Has the league caught up to Lamar Jackson still? I already said he's 25-5 and as a starter. But if you're running plays and the defense knows what you're running at this level, good luck. And you're also going up against the greatest coach in NFL history and Bill Belichick. Patriots defense isn't great. The Jets made them look horrible. And that's the New York Jets we're talking about. Joe Flacco took it back five years. He threw it back five years and looked prime Joe Flacco in the first half of that football game. But Bill Belichick, if he's going to win any game, it should be this one in New England while Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are second-guessing their coaches and their offensive philosophy. So I guess I'm going to bring my hands down now and say take the Patriots plus six and a half at home against the Baltimore Ravens. And then on Monday night, we got the Vikings going to the Bears. The Bears are a home dog, two and a half points. We already know how great Dalvin Cook's been over the last couple of weeks. The Bears have Nick Foles and probably the most stagnant offense in the game. This is another one where I don't care, frankly, and I don't know who I'm going to take. But I guess the Vikings have reeled off two straight wins. They're going into Chicago. We know the Bears' defense is good. I think if you take away Dalvin Cook, I know you got Justin Jefferson on the outside, Adam Thielen. You know what? I'm going Vikings. A road favorite in Chicago on Monday night, two and a half. Give me Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. They're going to win another one. There are a couple games I skipped over because I clearly just don't care. I don't know what to think of the Oakland Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders. Sorry. I just don't. I like Derek Carr coming out of college. I love Josh Jacobs, their running back. They don't really have much flair to them. Derek Carr is taking a little bit more shots than he has in the past. He threw a deep ball last week that I think traveled 80 feet in the air before it came down into Nelson Aguilar's arms. But that game, Raiders minus four and a half in Las Vegas. The Raiders have won three of their last four. And the Broncos are the 29th ranked offense in football. So I guess give me the Raiders minus four and a half. And then another one I skipped over was Washington going into Detroit. Detroit's minus four and a half. Listen, if there's any coach I despise in the National Football League, it's Matt Patricia. I can't stand the guy. Probably selfishly because I drafted DeAndre Swift to be my running back two in fantasy football, and it seems like Patricia gives him the ball once or twice. He looks good and then sits his ass on the bench and says, you know what, we got Adrian Peterson who's 50 years old. Let's give him the ball. 
So screw Matt Patricia for that one. But also screw Matt Patricia because he's just not a good football coach. Defensive-minded, they've allowed 75 points in their last two games. And why they're favored minus four and a half over the Washington football team? The Washington football team is still playing for something. The Lions, their season is over. It's probably been over when it started, when Matt Patricia, the buffoon with the beard, chubby-looking guy on the sidelines, pencil in ear, it was over when they hired that guy. So give me Washington football team plus four and a half going into Detroit. Thank you very much. Have I talked about every game? No, I think I skipped over the 49ers going into New Orleans. Saints minus nine in this one, and I'm going to ride the Saints coming off of that big win against Tampa. And right now, all you heard this week is the Saints are probably the favorite right now if you're going to pick one team to be the favorite in the NFC because the NFC is pretty loaded. And I couldn't agree more. Give me the minus nine against the Niners who are starting Nick Mullins at quarterback once again and are still injured across the board. So there you have it. Week 10. Lots of good games on tap. Take a, take a look at the Tua Tungabailoa first Herbert matchup. And then flip over to the Bills taking on the Cardinals when you got Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray. Get involved with the Seahawks and Rams because you're going to want to see Jalen Ramsey and DK Metcalf. If you had to pick that matchup, do you think Jalen Ramsey's going to shut down DK Metcalf? That's what I want to know. Because no one has slowed down DK Metcalf this year. Even last week when the Buffalo Bills came in and trounced him, DK Metcalf still over, had over 100 yards and a touchdown. He's got the eight tuds this season. I just don't know who's going to win that matchup, but it's going to be a sight to see. And in college, I guess we could watch that 12:30 start between Notre Dame and Boston College. These are the games that you have to keep an eye on. Just two weeks ago, Boston College had a 17-point lead against Clemson before Clemson climbed its way back to win that game. Notre Dame's coming off the biggest win in their program's history in the last, I don't know, since the Manti Teo days when they went on to go to the national championship and got their asses kicked by Alabama. But that was a huge win last week. And the come down from one of those big wins is if, listen, I've never done it, but I, I guess you can compare it to coming down from ecstasy after a weekend at Coachella. It doesn't feel great. You're going to be down in the dumps for a couple of days after being electric over the weekend. And Notre Dame probably feels that way. And it's going to be hard to get up for a game against Boston College. So do not be surprised if Boston College upsets Notre Dame. And that'll be something. Because then the playoff committee and everyone has to look at each other and go, damn, who do we put in as that fourth team now? Can a one-loss Notre Dame team, even if they beat Clemson with Clemson's best player out of the game, does Notre Dame get knocked out of the playoff contention with a loss to Boston College? It's going to get real messy if Boston College has that upset. USC can go 2-0 against the University of Arizona, who hasn't played a game this season yet. It'll be interesting to see if Clay Helton's pulled his head out of his ass and can potentially start 2-0 this year. I don't know. And then Wisconsin, who had their five-star quarterback for the first time ever 
Wisconsin had a legit quarterback throw for five touchdowns, and I only think one incomplete pass on a Friday night when the Big Ten football kicked off their season. They got shut down for two weeks. Now they're playing Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh is on the hottest of hot seats. But I don't think it's that hot if you got an NFL job waiting for you. So Wisconsin and Michigan, that should be a fun one to see how Wisconsin responds after being out for two weeks and their five-star quarterback after that great first game that he had. MLB news, the MVPs were announced yesterday in the National League. Freddie Freeman won the MVP over Mookie Betts. You know what? Mookie Betts, if you watched him all year, I think everyone, if you're a baseball fan and you have your team, you watch them all year and you're going to be biased. I'm biased. Mookie Betts was unbelievable this season. There's a reason why the Dodgers were World Series champions. I think he changed the entire franchise. And he does it every single way, especially on the base paths. But Freddie Freeman had an incredible year. He could take that MVP because the Dodgers have the World Series trophy. I'm sure Mookie Betts don't care about it. And in the American League, Jose Albreu won it for the Chicago White Sox. I didn't pay much attention to the American League this year. I knew the White Sox were the hot up-and-coming team. They lost to the A's in the playoffs, so MVP is what it is. Freddie Freeman, National League. Jose Abreu, American League. And then the Marlins today broke some history, made history by hiring the first female GM. And that's great news. She one time worked for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I heard about her years ago. And there were already talks then that one day she was going to become a general manager. Her name is Kim Unch, I think. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her name. But by all accounts, she's well-deserving of this job. And I think that's groundbreaking. That is fantastic to hear that the Marlins decided to hire her as their GM. Because God knows they need some help. They threw together a pretty wild season this year and made it to the playoffs. Surprised a lot of people. But if they get someone smart in their running ship... It's a good thing for them. But there you have it. That's the podcast today. I'm looking forward to a week 10 slate of NFL football games. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 after 7 or on the Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. I'm out. Woo! Go Dodgers.